I mean, one of the reasons I love doing this podcast is that it's such a direct connection between the people and the creativity, right? And that feedback loop is it's intoxicating, you know, in the in the best ways, right? And so I think that to me is like one of the fuels that keeps keeps somebody going, independent of the money, the power, the fame, all of it, right? Like there's something great about the creativity between you and the you and the audience. Okay, guys, you're just going to have to roll with me on this one. I got a vision for this episode. Are you on board? Ooh. You're like you, our you shaman today. You're our guide. We're, we'll come with Jessica. We'll go on any journey with you. And I'm just warning people because we're going to... Woefully with- lost without you. Oh, well, we're going to go slightly off the news because there are a couple things weighing on me. But first, we've got the full quad here. Very exciting. Brett, Papa Green, Color, Morin, what's cooking? I've got Bobby. Still don't know what that is. <laughs> that is uh, an infant formula company, Sam, that your wife uh, and your child have both used. A lot um, of it. Our children are made of it. Yeah. Very yeah. good. <laughs> Does it have creatine in it? Yeah, yeah. That's why, you're, you're, <laughs> and, that's why Wilder is so buff. <laughs> and uh, Brit's best investment ever. Yeah, it's, it's a good a great one. investment. I'm glad that they're cooking. They, they really said the formula crisis, like, oh my God, it was so sad, but. Big plug for Bobby. We're, we're two seconds in. We've already got our first. Okay. okay. Sorry. That wasn't intentional. I was just cold because it's freezing and I'm about to go change into like conference chic for your Winter is chest. here. <laughs> There's snow everywhere in Montana. Conference, conference chic. chic. Yes. Get I ready. wish someone would tell me what that is, but I I, I know it when I see it. I'm, I'm desperately trying to find it. And Dave Morin not wearing his pop of color, but <laughs> holding down the Marin ah. office. I'm wearing subtle blue here for Dave, do you so- wear color? <laughs> on occasion. This is like the worst thing about Dave, actually. <laughs> I've been working on it for so long, Jess. It's not working hey, so well. Give, give, give me some credit. I think we pick a signature color and then you 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 walk, run, you know, walk before you run. Crawl, walk, run, Dave. Just one Crawl, color, please. <laughs> I think we can do this because the, the, the backdrop between your your walls and your color, I'm getting like earth tony vibes. And then um, Sam Lesson, I know where you are, Sam, but tell the people where you are. Uh, I'm in this place called New York. It's where all the money is. It's in New York. And then we ship some of it out west. Oh, and it's also <laughs> a Taylor Swift song. Welcome to New York. You know that one, Sam? Uh, we've been waiting for me. It's been waiting for me. <laughs> Sam, can you tell people waiting for their bags of money to get shipped out west? How, how's the money supply? You know, it's looking okay as long as you're a huge tech platform company. All apparently they're shipping it all. I'm in a hedge fund across from Google. You can see in the background. And the story is, unsurprisingly, they're shipping it to Microsoft and Meta and all the big companies. They are not shipping it to little companies anytime soon. <laughs> they don't like the little guys. Well, that actually brings me to what I wanted to talk about today, which is triggered by all things, of all things. By Snap and Evan Spiegel, because Snap reported earnings this week. They beat expectations, which isn't necessarily saying much, but everyone's surprised because it's like, oh, their ad business is growing, you know, and that's not, that's not, uh, I think a lot of people had written them off. Um, And I was always surprised because like, 
you know, the COO stepped down, Evan's still there running the company. He's made all these promises about um, how long he's going to stick around. And he's just, it seems to me like grinding, like he's just grinding at this company that I think I checked $15 billion, obviously in so many dimensions, a wildly successful company, but like (laughs) has sort of been deeply eclipsed by everything else. And like, I don't know. I want to know what you guys think because, and I also am very much team skeptic on, on so many things, but my initial reaction was kind of like good for you for grinding. And then I thought it just remind, I, I think there's so much of entrepreneurship. People ask me all the time, what starting a company did to change my perspective on news coverage and like what the press gets wrong and what the public gets wrong about starting a company. And honestly, the answer is like so freaking much. I don't know where to begin. And I thought this was a good topic to kind of dig into. Triggered by Evan Spiegel, triggered by the 10th anniversary of the information. And also just like in in these really tough moments in the world too, where I think a lot of the social channels understandably get like hot and heavy people are just like extra on edge. And I think it's, um, it's just also leading to a a more like attack driven culture that affects everyone. But, you know, I was in two different cases, the subject of it this week and, um, and it's weighing on me in a way that it hasn't before. So, so that's a question I like to pose to the group, Sam, you had something to say. Well, it snap, look, snap, I was looking right now, it's, it went public at 27, it's trading at nine, right? It went public yeah. over five years ago. Its private valuations were high, much higher um, than it was now. I'm not arguing it's successful. I'm, I'm, I want us to, to dig, so we can talk about that. But like, like the founder, Evan Spiegel, who I'm sure we've all met, sure I'll have different opinions of, but like, I'm just struck. This is a guy who could have, walked away a long time ago and he's not well and i think the thing about i mean here's my take on it is like look you have these lightning and bottle moments if you're a founder it's very very rare where all of a sudden you build something important and you have a community that's deeply tied to you right you know i bet if i'm evan spiegel what is he like 23 i'm kidding he's like 30 something he's probably 30 we can check probably 30 he's meaningfully younger than us you know, I think he wakes up, three kids, maybe four. He's, he wakes up every day and he's like, I'm a, billion, I'm a billionaire. I have a cool product lots of people identify with. I got lightning in a bottle once. He's and the reality is, is he's 33, old man. The point is that like he has two options. One is to be like, I have this thing that is very associated with me and I can keep working on it and I'm in a position to keep working on it. And like, I can do amazing things and life is long and like, no one's taking my job from me. Like no one's going to, as far as I, I don't know, there's a voting structure, but he's probably in the camp where he cannot be fired, I would assume. And so he's like, this is going to be my legacy and I should work on it. Or what else would I spend my time on? It's like the Jerry mm-hmm. Yangs where you like blow out of Yahoo and then have like a weird investing career. It's like, I think the reality is, is that like, when you have these platforms, they're yours and they're big, it's still a big company. It's like, it's my basic view would be like, you're 33. What else are you going to do? Like, of course you should keep working on it. Right. Like even that, and like you have a lot of degrees of freedom to make it into something new. Now I don't think it's been successful. You know, I think it was a one trick pony and, and like it's been eclipsed in a thousand ways. Um, but I'd also, I also, I put the flip side on it. It's like, you can do the Jack Dorsey and say, I'm going to start six companies and be all over the place. Yeah. 
you can do the the Jerry Yang. He's too young to retire, and it gets boring on yachts. And so, to me, I think like the reality is like it makes sense for him to keep working on it. I think it is admirable. You know, you leave from the front, you keep going, but it's also not like super surprising to me, right? Yeah, I've met a number of people here in Silicon Valley that have been quite successful financially, um, and the number means nothing to them. Like they literally just. They actually still spend very frugally. I'm not saying Evan spends frugally. I don't think Evan um, Spiegel still spends frugally. Uh, I, I'm not saying that. But I do think like people are driven by like one of four things the most, right? Like money, power, uh, fame, and respect. And I think like ego is part of respect. And the fact that it was 27, it's down to nine, like he hasn't made it yet. Um, I don't think he feels respected yet. I think he gets trashed quite a bit in the press. And I think he wants to build a company that can endure and, and to Sam's point, like create a legacy beyond his generation. Well, and, and probably, I think, and don't forget boredom. Just don't forget boredom. Yeah. Right? Which is like, it's it's a, you know, Crimea River problem to be a billionaire and be bored. But at 33, like, what's he going to do for the next 50, 60 years, you know, 50 okay. years? Okay. And I think this is, it's like high risk too, right? Because if you've like made it once, even if you didn't make it to the level you wanted to make it at, and you start another company again and it's a complete failure, then it's like doubly bad. It's, you know, for your ego, I think. Like, it's like, should he like ride out one success and keep crunching on it until it is the success he wants it to be? Or should he like cut his ties early and try to do a second one because he's bored? And I want to go to Dave in a sec. I think also like, but my point here isn't like, I think everything you guys said made a lot of sense. I mean, Sam, to be very direct, and I was told by a listener that I'm very knives out for you, Sam, on this podcast. So, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I don't. I was like, I don't think Sam feels knives. She's like out, this but, off the podcast. Yeah, too, this everyone. is a soft. This is those are soft. <laughs> those are soft knives. I, I've heard a lot worse. I've been habituated to the knives for 20 years. I don't even feel them anymore. Okay, but here's my point. Like, doesn't. Everything you guys said makes a ton of sense. Sam, you are also a person who does not want to be close to managing people who actually oh my God, no. that managing and a certain, you could not pay you to be a CEO. Like you absolutely you not. There's no amount. There is no amount of money in the world. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you, I agree with that. What? You'd run the New York times right now. If someone made you CEO of the New York times, you would run. No, it. absolutely not. I, I, well, I would, I, it depends what I could do with the union. Yeah, <laughs> I would happily run the New York Times for one day to fire a lot of people and to set some editorial policies, and then I'd leave. I'd like to let all go. the time people and reporters at the New York Times know I do not condone firing all the reporters at the time. But anyway, so I think that's all true about the sense of purpose and grind and impact that that keeps founders in these roles for a long time. I think it's absolutely true. But you also have to weigh it against the shit of the job. And you have to weigh it against a lot of other things. And I I, I actually don't... I, I don't know if that's good or bad, or I'm not saying it should make them heroes. But I think it does make it more interesting. And I think it makes it a little more unusual for people to stay so long because there is just so much stuff. And if you look at this and zoom out, and this isn't just about Snap, right? But what caused... Larry Page to step aside. It was actually having to go the prospect of going before the DOJ, right? So Larry yeah. stayed in the game. Well, same thing with same thing with Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Jeff Bezos left because he didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. Same thing with Gates. I mean, I guess Gates kind of hit the end. Well, Gates tried to and yeah. then lost. 
I think this is why, I mean, I think this is why Rupert is not currently, you know, running Fox anymore because they've got a bunch of legal stuff too. But like, I don't know. I think it's a, it's interesting to me that this kind of stuff never gets talked about. And I'm not saying these people like deserve a pass and to not get scrutiny. I'm in the whole business of giving them scrutiny, but like, it's more unusual than I think people realize. And I think it speaks to like, a characteristic that some of these good founders have that doesn't get appreciated. But Dave, over to you. I think the thing that, um, you know, Evan is one of the best product guys um, on earth. And I think that, I guess the vector I would like to talk about in this uh, conversation is that when you get to scale running one of these products is, you know, I've run large scale uh, social network. I've also done investing um, you know, done both sides of it. And, I, you know, I've also been part of really large organizations where you're, you know, really abstracted from the product work. But if you're a founder of a consumer social network um, or a consumer product of any kind, um, and Sam, I think you said it earlier, the, 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 you get embedded with this community that you're a part of. And the feedback loop that happens between you and the and the consumers or users of the product is this really powerful um, feeling. And you know, it, it's not unlike I think I look at uh, musicians that have huge scale, like uh, you know Taylor or you know the, anybody that's in the pop charts, and they're in this sort of interplay of creativity between the audience and the product. Um, in, the, in the case of musician, it's the music or the concerts. And with social networks, it's the network. And I think that you can't discount how hard it is to get that community up to the scale that it's at and how powerful that interplay is. And especially if you're somebody who loves product, um, you know, and um, I've also, you know, I, I, I've worked with Zuck, I worked with Steve Jobs, like there's a, a sort of type of person that loves doing product and continuing to do product despite the difficult stuff that you're talking about, Jess. Um, and putting down the sword and losing the ability to do that work, I think, is is very uh, difficult. Yeah, I, I think about I think about this all the time, actually. Um, and you know, we joke about it on this podcast. And Britt constantly eggs me on to 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 start something again. And I think it's largely because of how fun it is and how creative it is. I mean, one of the reasons I love doing this podcast is that it's such a direct connection between the people and the creativity, right? And that feedback loop is it's intoxicating, you know, in the in the best ways, right? And so I think that to me is like one of the fuels that keeps keeps somebody going independent of the money, the power, the fame, all of it, right? Like there's something great about the creativity between you and the you and the audience. Well, and I will say from personal experience and also just talking to other people who have had wildly successful consumer lives they built and then thought about doing or done that whole thing. Here's the thing. It's like, I'm actually building products again for the first time in ages and having an absolute blast doing it, right? Just basically myself with a few people. Like Would tiny you like to plug your products, Sam? Oh, no. Trust me. There will be Wait, a time for I saw that. a demo. I saw a demo uh, last weekend. It's coming along. I'm having fun with it. But it's super fun. Super low scale, not serious, but fun. The thing about your Evan Spiegel... Oh, you like, so, so am I. Interesting. Okay. Nah, okay. Nah. Anyway, the point is that like the um, if you're me and you're fucking around, fine. If you're Evan Spiegel and you're like, okay, we got done the wrong thing here. I have a different idea. 
Snap is not the right platform for me to like work on this idea. I want to use Disney again. Here's the problem. You carry it. You're like, okay, now I want to go do it from zero again. The problem is, especially if you're like a billionaire from zero, unless you're a true monk, you're going to be like, there's a lot of shit that goes from zero to one that you don't want to deal with again. Like you don't yeah, want to deal with it. It's like going back stage. to freshman year. You know? It's like, you don't want to set up staging environments and like go to Stripe and put your EIN in. Like, it's like, you're a fucking billionaire. Right. And like, the problem then is, and this is the issue, is like you're like, oh, well, I can bring my team with me. I'll bring like six people or I'll bring the, the chief of staff to help me do all those shitty things. But the problem is for consumer product, the second you start introducing too many people too quickly, you are going to fail, yeah. right? Like, you mm-hmm. cannot build social products or social software with too many people in the room from the start. Nope. And that's why I think you see like, what was the WonderCo example, right? We like way too much money. Way too many people. Jeffrey Katzenberg incubator. Is that what you're talking That's, about? No, no, not not the incubator. What was the what was the the total failure app they built? Quibi, Quibi, Quibi. Quibi sorry, not no. Wonderco. Quibi. That wasn't, that wasn't really supposed to be a social network. That was no, no, no. But it's still a product. He tried to build a product from zero as a billionaire with too many with too many people, too many yeah. voices, too much money. Yeah, too much money, and that's because like when you come from a you're like Never when you're at huge when you're at a huge scale. There's all these great, there's all this fun stuff. And then all the shitty stuff can get abstracted for you. There are people to handle that, right? Like, and that's a super cool place to be. It, again, it takes a true monk to be like, okay, I had all that leverage. I'm going to go back and like do this by hand. What from is Kevin Systrom doing? Is Kevin Systrom a monk? So, yeah, I think Kevin is a monk. Kevin, I would say that Kevin, Kevin in the Let spectrum me describe of who he is to the audience, just in every, not everyone. So Kevin started Instagram, scaled it, um, obviously, tremendously, um, left Meta uh, due to widely reported. Also also one of the best product minds of all time. Left due to widely reported differences in strategies about the future of Instagram, which the company was integrating more into the main services, is now has launched an app, Artifact, around uh, newsreader, uses some AI around personalization. And like, by all accounts, is like really back in the trench. So some people do do it. Yeah. I, I would say I don't. I don't know the details, um, but I would say that in the spectrum of monk to not monk, Kevin is more monk than not monk. But I have to admit, I have to imagine from first principles reasoning that when Kevin wakes up in the morning, having built one of the most successful social products in the world and worked at billion plus scale, and being the guy who made it. And he's like, oh my God, my staging environment's broken. It's not like his like happiest moment, right? It's like, that's like a real, like, that's pretty annoying, right? And like, I don't know. Like, I, again, it depends how you approach these things, but like, I think that's one of the big challenges of trying again. And I do think it's one of the things you, you know, I think Evan Spiegel is probably quite aware of the fact that like to make a social product that work, yes, you have to be in Dave's list of the top 10 product people in the world, but you also need incredible luck and incredible timing. And like, it's not clear that just because you did especially social yeah. once properly and got it the right timing and the right product that you have any prayer of doing it again. And so if you have it, if you are the guy, you get to like do really cool shit at scale. You have a great team underneath you, et cetera. Maybe the thing that pushes you off is regulation. Like, I don't want to deal with the next five years of my life fighting the government. Mm-hmm. Let's let someone else do that. But it's not going to be like, oh, I'm done. Right. Unless you really are like really old and done. Right. I think we've argued on this pod for like retirement, earlier retirement ages for executives. Does that apply to this camp or do you guys think? 
Hmm. I was going to talk about term limits again, except for yes, the fact term that I, instead no. I'm going to go back. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to actually go back <laughs> to another analogy I've made on this pod, which is to the movie and entertainment industry, which I'm very inspired by because you know I think the idea that these actors and actresses can move from like one project to the next in like you know three years or so keeps them like really creatively fulfilled. And if they want to take a three-year break in between because they're like such A-listers and have enough money, they can do that too. And, and musicians do this with albums, I guess. But then you have the people who are like the stars of Grey's Anatomy that have been on for like 25 years and they're just like fucking rolling with it. They're grinders. They're franchise. Grinders. Yeah. And it's like, it's like the people, it's like Steve Jobs. He's like, well, I'm, I'm going to stay at Apple for like the rest of my life because it's doing well. And it's that's fine. not it's true. But that's not true. <laughs> Steve started next. And actually there's a famous uh, Steve Jobs Jobs video that uh, reflects exactly what Sam is saying. He's like giving this interview about how annoying it is to put the toilet paper in the bathroom and get a coffee machine and like do all this stuff that, you know, is just kind of the organism handles when it's at scale. And when you're back down to just you and a few people in the room, it's like you've got to do all these things again. Yeah, but Steve is a genius because he set up his director ports to be two. Like one is Tim Cook, who basically handles everything operational that Steve doesn't want to do. And the other is James, um, who's our partner at Offline, who did a bunch of the like innovation stuff with Steve, and so. But that, but that's like what you get to do when you can hire those guys and and have the best executives in the world do it. I, you know, if those guys, if you, if Steve Jobs said, "Hey, the two of you, come work with me on like something," he actually could probably pull that off, but it would be a mistake, right? It'd be too many cooks in the kitchen. That's like the wrong org for that. Like that's what you get to do at scale is you get to pay people twenty million, fifth hundred million dollars a year to do the dirty work. Right. So you can just do the cool stuff. And didn't Steve start next as a way back into Apple? Uh, I, I mean, at the time, I don't think that's think it what just, it was. It was just revenge. Yeah. It, it was it, a well, revenge. That, it was a spite store. Yeah. But it, I think it was like, and I guess this is the thing I would say about this entire narrative that we're talking about right now. There are some founders that are perpetual tinkerers. You know, they just want to build things and engineer things and keep going, you know, not unlike musicians mm -hmm. that just keep making albums, right? And if anything, that's the counter narrative here that's important, which is, I think that uh, way too many consumer founders that are, you know, on the, the top product minds list, just like, don't try again, and they should, right? Like musicians mm -hmm. don't like, you know, make a hit album, and then and then not try to make another album, right? Like great musicians just keep making songs and sometimes you get hits, sometimes you don't. Uh, same goes with authors, same goes with, for, you know, uh, directors of movies, like people make flops all the time. And, you know, NFL players, you go out, you lose a game on Sunday, you play again the next Sunday, right? Like we actually don't see this a lot. Like a lot of people will build something great. Are you saying founder, these people aren't resilient, Dave? Or, or Sam, go ahead. Well, I think the thing that's interesting about Snap, just because a riff on this with you, Dave, is like, I think one of the reasons Snap is such a shitty company is because Evan has too fertile a mind for new products. They're constantly making new shit and not refining what works. So it's like, oh, now we're doing like an AI agent. Oh, now we're doing this like other format. Oh, now we're doing glasses. Like, there just seems like an incredibly unfocused company. They, they definitely went through that period, but they rolled that back and actually. One but didn't of they the, just? Be, who's in their big thing? Is just recent. Snapchat Plus is their new thing, which is like you know twelve different features. But that's just a business Snapchat. move. Well, but no, but I think the thing is like I actually think that this is the difference between a product leader and a business leader, right? Is like I actually think if you think about what's made 
you know, like the, the opposite, obviously, is Twitter, which did nothing for 20 years. You know, Facebook, you know, has innovated, but they really keep, like, if you think about the products, like, the criticism is always there's too much in them and they're trying to like slim them down in a lot of cases and do less and be better at what they do. But I think like it is interesting. I think if you want to knock this, this kind of paradigm we're talking about, it's like the real, if you're a fertile founder, you're like a product oriented founder, you love products that the trap you can fall into is you want to build new products when actually what the business needs you to do is just refine the shit out of your ads model. Right. Which I promise you, Evan Spiegel is not getting out of bed excited about. Right. And so. I don't know. I think that's the counter narrative is like, maybe, maybe as much as like for Evan, it's like, this is the ultimate playground and it's his and he can kind of keep iterating on it and keep keeping ideas ahead. And he wants to do it and he wants to see it win. That's all very admirable from a pure business perspective. They're doing a bunch of stuff they probably shouldn't be doing. And like a professional manager would cut back to the core and make their ads business fucking crazy. Right. And like would make the company more profitable. Like I kind of, and, and part of, I mean, this is a broad topic, obviously, but like one of the things on my mind is like the sort of tropes around the sort of founders and their control and coverage of these companies versus like the reality, right? And one of the tropes, which again, I think is true, is that like you need the the smart business mind to kind of complement the product founder. And of course, you need teams of people who complement each other to do anything. And Snap has had a ton of those had a lot more turnover in that role recently. I'm guess I'm curious from you guys and what you've seen with in your own experience and people you've worked with. Like, what does the founder need to do to build that relationship and those teams? I don't think they need that person. I think they need to be that person in a lot of cases, right? I think the being the, the, the handing the job off to someone usually doesn't work. Sometimes you have something that's such a rocket ship that even if that person's bad, it doesn't matter. Right. And so you can kind of like float through it. Right. But I'd actually argue that they're kind of the whole paradigm of like smart product founder, hire business person, business person good, make business work. That's actually like never actually true. What you need is smart. You need the founder to be that person. And then every once in a while, you get lucky. You have to grow into both. You know, I think like you look at like a Brian Chesky, right? Like somebody who grew into Mm -hmm. both, right? Like he does extraordinary product work and he's clearly doing wonderful, like over and over again, business work. Like they keep re-engineering that business model, right? And I think this is also the thing about the Steve Jobs mythology that a lot of people get wrong. You know, as you know, somebody who's Mm -hmm. in the room with them, like the guy was an insane businessman. Right. Like, and I I think that's clear to people, but sometimes it's, it's not right. Like if you talk to, um, you know, like Britt said, our, our partner at offline worked with Steve for 28 years and he, uh, will tell you that they were as obsessed in the early days at building an amazing product as they were at building an amazing business. They were, they were constantly focused back and forth. They they thought of it as yin and yang, right? And that that was like, you know, an incredibly important thing to be truly great Mm. at both. Yeah. I'm not saying Mm. that. I don't think that you, uh, I'm just, I'm arguing that you, it is nice to have a number two. I mean, I've seen this. uh, But those number twos are always expendable. Um, they have to be. Would you say Cheryl was expendable at Facebook? Don't ask me that question. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think Sam, just to push back, I mean, it's a little bit like it's an aggressive term. You know, I get, I, I get that it gets I'm played, just but it's, it's not like binary. you know, teams are teams, right? People don't stay. Founders are forever in a business until they're. Well, maybe that's the point, right? I mean, yeah. and I also think like when you were talking about Chesky, I was thinking about Belinda Johnson, right? It was a long time, but but I think 
there's a timeline. Um, the timelines aren't aligned, right? And what we've have these founders who, for all the reasons we were talking about earlier, are generally in it for the long haul. They're super, yeah. super young and et cetera, right? You have different people who are going to come and go in the business. And I think to Sam's point, I, well, I wouldn't use the word expendable. You kind of have to acknowledge that the business is going to go through different phases and you don't like, you can't bet that you're going to have an executive team that doesn't change for, you know, 20, 30 years. Well, I think there's also something very interesting happening where there was a moment in history, which we just lived through, I have to reference my long slide deck. I think we lived through a really weird moment in history um, where you could build these businesses purely on product and growth and say, ah, the business comes later, right? Like that yeah. was like, there was a moment where right. that worked. That it's moment has point. passed. And so what I think what you're going to find now is that like there was a very brief window where you could just be the best in the world of product or the best in the world or have a great insight and just grow really quickly and everything else kind of works itself out, whatever. The snap is the epitome of that, right? In terms of what that model looked like and how yeah. it was financed and how it went public. Now, we're back in a much more... That era is over. And so that's why like my whole thing about how we finance seed companies, like I'm not financing product people who don't know how to build a business anymore, mm-hmm. right? No way, right? Like I'm financing people who know how to take my $3 million seed check and build a good business, which then yep. someday becomes a great business. And like that means that the talent that comes in the door, I don't want a pure product CEO ever again. Like that era is over. And that means that like those people it doesn't mean they won't have number twos. That doesn't mean they won't say, I can't do everything. I get someone to do it. But it does mean you the really successful people are full package. And I think what was the interesting question, jury's out on Snap. I don't know, Evan, he's not, I know some of you guys know him much better. I've met him, but he's not like a friend. Is like he's clearly a great product thinker. It's not clear to me he's a great business person, right? I think it might be that that business really did hit this point where they, they were riding a wave of company building on pure product and growth alone that just does not actually exist in the broader picture, right? And that's why you see things that like great businesses, like, you know, Meta is a great business platform. Like you take a lot of different yeah. products, you plug it into the machine. It is a great business platform that happens to also have some great products. Sam, to double click on something you said a while, I think you said it many pods ago, or you were writing about it a f- few months ago. You know, uh, there. if you look at the biggest companies in tech, right, and each cohort from like the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and that the fact that the the big five in tech were all started late 70s, you know, in this cohort that happened around that time. It was like on the heels of Silicon, transitioning into the personal computer. And those businesses had to be built as the yin and yang. You needed to have the product and the business out of the gate, right? And like you look at them today, they're still, they're still thriving, right? They were still great at that. And as each co- subsequent cohort went along all the way into the 2010s, in the 2010s, you saw this uh, phenomenon that we're talking about now that started really in the mobile era where people just chased Why growth. Why do we see it? Was it that we had the founders were just so young and the venture capitalists... Like, no, why, I think why? it was possible. I think this was a phenomenon of the internet, right? Like you could build internet businesses this way. And I, I do think there was a lot of YOLOing going on. And I think, you know, if we went and ran the, the numbers, I think you'd see a lot of capital vaporized because of the YOLO. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that's a lot what it was. Like you could, you could, you know, you could there see was a these. Moment. Well, it also helped that there was zero interest rate environment. There's yeah. a lot of things that helped make this happen, yeah. right? But that, it, you know, these basically, to your Dave, you say this point, like a lot of these businesses were hail married, right? And if the product was strong enough, I was like, yeah, 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 eventually you make money, 
don't worry about mm-hmm. it. Right. And like, I just, that's not, that era is decidedly over. Right. Yeah. So like, it's not a, it's not a model to follow. Well, I think the founders perpetuated. I think we it, all which did. Is a- so did the venture capitalists. So did the LP. Everybody did. Well, it's great. That, that model was awesome for venture capitalists. I'm just curious why founders like Mark were willing to kind of seed the perception that they weren't good or interested in the business, right? I oh, mean, and that was recruiting. Maybe it was just like a recruiting tactic or something. You know, like, I, I, I he's not the only... There are plenty of people who did Money's this. Money's dirty. We don't want to talk about money, right? Like, you want to talk about, like, vision. You want to talk about, like, product. And, you know, it's just a different narrative. I, I don't know, though. I don't know if I buy that. I think, like, a lot of founders do come into it with the mission. Like I was saying before, like, sometimes maybe they'll have the business mindset to grow a business, but it's not like it's them out of bed every day. Like, they want to grow a good business, but they care about, like, changing the world in some way or earning the credit. I think that's an old way of thinking, Britt. I think that I'm very happy for founders. Like, I want to make a fuck ton of money and change the world. Jess, were you asking this in the context of Facebook? Um, I'm more generally, right. So this era, I think you guys make a great point that the sort of, there was this era, it was sort of an aberration, but it was where this theme of like, you know, the founder not being the business person really. Well, but even to Mark's credit, like I remember sitting down to talk to, uh, Mark Zuckerberg when I was first joining and I remember being impressed with the business thinking. Right, like there was real, you know, thinking going. They were on. running. They were running ads on that from the yeah. second month it was live. Like you know, I remember flyers. You remember, yeah. remember, I tried to buy one for your birthday in college, Jess. We would have been the first Facebook flyer yeah. for thirty bucks to advertise on Harvard's campus. Yeah. So wait, that. Wait, tell, hold on, Dave. You should tell them what you did for mine. This is hilarious because I never heard this about Sam and Jess. Hold on, we need to. Take I forgot a time about up. this. You need to tell everyone what happened. I don't remember. What did <laughs> okay. I do? Dave blanketed the flyer. Okay. For anyone that doesn't remember, flyers were like these personalized ads you can buy across your like campus network. Um, so everyone that logged in to like UT Austin, where I went to school, would see this like billboard effectively across Facebook. This was like an example of Facebook's early advertising. And so Dave, who like had worked there early on, um, just like bought all the University of Texas flyers for the. <laughs> oh yeah, now I remember. I bought the entire inventory of UT. Yeah, to, as UT like my Austin. birthday present. Yeah, it was like a hundred dollars. <laughs> but I was very popular that day on campus. Yeah. Guys, we're dating ourselves. We're dating I have ourselves. Hilarious emails yeah. negotiating buying Jessica's ad birthday with Eduardo Saverin. <laughs> <laughs> from- well, but like you guys, this is making the point, which is you know why is. Facebook, Meta, one of the big five tech companies in the world. Like, Mark was great at business from day one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it was, and I think on the flip side, it's like, you know, why is Snap um, trading dramatically below its IPO price and dr- hilariously dramatically below its pre IPO late venture round prices? It's because it was an incredible growth machine on a product hack. Evan is good at product by all accounts. He's come up with some cool ideas. I'm not sure they're the best business things to do all at once. And like, it just doesn't clear to me it's a good business. Well, but to you give know? them some credit, they they did beat earnings. And it, it appears as though they are, you know, iterating, working on it, trying, like really putting the work in to Jess's point, like putting in the grind to become better business people. And I don't know them either. So, yeah. 
And I do think and the question, I have no idea what their expectations on earnings are. Because um, I think, you know, the, the, if you miss enough, they start lowering expectations. Okay. Can I ask <laughs> you guys a question? Okay. Say that you care about the business, but you really like care more about the product and the creativity. And now you're in this company for like 10 years and like you are just focusing on ads and every day is really boring and the company's doing well. Like, what do you do? Do you, do you leave or do you stay and like put yourself in some like R and D team or something? Like, I think there are a lot of, I don't think you do that. I think that's, I think putting yourself in an R and D team is lame. Should not do that. You're either in or out. If you're the leader, you have too much sway as the leader, especially founder leader of a company like that to like do that. Right. I think it's a mistake. I think you gotta be in or out. Now the in or out is interesting. I think if you're like, I hate ads. I don't want to ever do ads. I don't see a way to do it. I'm not even sure I'm the best person to do it. Right. Then you just leave. But if you can, if you're great and being great is a really high bar, you just have to be a wartime CEO. You do your fucking three years and win. And then you go back to doing what you want. And I actually think again, like not to over index on it, but like, I do think Mark is fabulous at this, right? Yeah, like, for sure. you know, as a leader, he, he is an incredible buckle down guy. He has a lot of awesome interests. They want to do a lot of cool stuff. But like in the end of the day, like when it's game time and something has to be done, even if he doesn't love it, he knows how to do it and he will do it. Okay, guys. Well, thank you. Speaking of founder journey in uh, two hours, I'm hosting 200 amazing women and I'm um, supposed to rehearse my keynote on stage first. So I'm quite late. I'm going to bounce. Brent, I can't wait to see you later. I'll be there. Um, we'll post some photos. Okay. Keep the cover going. <laughs> Bye. Okay, we're going. Okay. Well, well, let's tie it back to the earnings this week because uh, Google was down. Microsoft was up. I mean, their their revenue was up. Everyone's revenue was up. Like macro is like, I think investors are generally positive about Today wasn't very good though. Google Wednesday. and Microsoft and Snap made progress this week. What happened today, Sam? Bloodbath. A lot of red. <laughs> Google's down 10%. Sauna's down 7%. Why is it all down now again? Sadness. The sentiment. <laughs> Crypto's up. <laughs> Everyone's excited well, about crypto being what's up going on in, with in crypto? all my Web3 circles. Um, is that related to... Sam, what's your take on... Let's talk about crypto a little bit. Solana's yeah, ripping. Sam, Sam, Sam and I have a Solana. <laughs> so what's, the, uh, what's your take on what's going on, Sam? I actually don't have a very informed take right now. I think... Um, you know, look, I, I do think that, you know, we were talking with a friend that Bitcoin is a risk on asset, right? You have seen yeah. a bunch of tech tech stuff going up. That'll bring Bitcoin along with it. I think um, when Bitcoin goes up, there's there's then some rotation into the alts. That's kind of a natural pattern. You see the good ones, the good ones yeah. being like ETH and Solana. Um, yeah. You know, there has been some good news, like the Ripple stuff, et cetera, coming out, I think, which is good. I think people, I actually think as sad as it is, you know, there's a lot of world news that's burying the FTX trial. And so I think some of the downward pressure of like, this sucks, Sam Bankman-Fried sucks, is like kind of getting sucked out a little bit of the media cycle. But I don't have like a tight narrative on why it's up. I mean, I, again, I, as you guys know, I'm like a long-term very bullish on this stuff. And it's good to see things stabilizing. I know of a bunch of companies in the crypto world that are getting good term sheets in that are doing real work and growing. There's been a bunch of great announcements like Solana yeah. Visa, et cetera. So like there's a lot of good stuff happening. But you know, the funny thing is is like in different parts yeah, of Yeah, it is interesting. We're seeing up rounds in crypto, but nothing else. Yeah. I, really I, I know one today with multiple term sheets at a multiple of what we did around that not too long ago. So like yeah, same. It's we had one last week. Yeah. I think the um you know, I just I think some of the 
true upsetness about crypto has kind of waned. You know, we've flushed out all the crappy stuff. Not all of it. There's still some fun lawsuit emails flying, but like it's it's coming together. And it's just a long-term thing. So I think there's a lot of good news. You know, crypto is interesting because you can have periods. It's so uh, emotion-driven because it's so, you know, it's a 24-7 market of a lot of participants. Yeah. Um, you know, th- that you'll have periods where like really good news, like doesn't move it any bill at all. People are like, whatever. This is, if it, but there are other periods where that same exact news, if it hit, would have been like mooning things. People get so excited. And so I think yeah. we've historically, we've been for the last several months in a period where people are like, a lot of good news is happening. But like, who cares? And I think we're kind of maybe moving into a cycle where we're going to start caring about positive news again. Um, Do you think if you're a crypto company that is able to raise another round right now, um, you're like de facto just going to be like this wartime hero by the next time you need to raise a round? Like, Like investors will be like, you got through the winter, like, and you, they even invested in you through, like, I just wonder if there's like this halo effect that happens in sort of the down the down markets. Well, there's no question down markets. I mean, the question is how you got through, I think. Like, you know, the CEOs who buckled down, right? Figure out how to make money, figure out how to build sustainable businesses, did right. real cuts. Like, the, yeah. I think there are other ways you get through, which is you raised so much money before that you kind of yeah. just like putter you have five through. Five years runway because you raised $50 million. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm talking about the former, not the latter. I think like... Yeah. There's something to be said about the leadership of those who can get through these times and even raise in these times, um, especially in this mar- in the Web three and crypto market uh, above all others. And yeah, so- I just think crypto is unique because, like, I think that there's in those places like that's not a, like the I just had so much money that we kind of puttered through it and didn't do anything that like is actually a thing in crypto. And yeah. uh, I don't think those people get much credit, but I think the people who are like, I'm coming out of this with more market share in whatever I'm doing, having figured out how to make money, like with a real business, like, yeah, I mean, those, that, that, those are hardened veterans. They're awesome. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I just like naturally respect these people so much for like sticking with it and grinding through like this terrible time. Dave, did you have any final comments before we wrap on this? On crypto or other Yeah, crypto topics? in the broader market. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Good answer. No comment. <laughs> No, I'm I'm with Sam. I'm I'm long term extremely bullish on crypto. Uh, you know, the fundamental underlying networks are in a better place than they were. Uh, you know, yeah. before this all started, like the performance is better. It's not like these systems are going away. Um, the use cases are you know continuing to focus. I, I I think it is kind of funny that people are saying things like we're building this experience and nobody's going to even know that it was built on crypto. And like my joke used to be that, you know, nobody's going to use the words NFT or anything like that. Just like nobody uses the word MP3 anymore when they click on a song on Spotify, they just listen to a song and they don't think about what the underlying technology is. Are those even MP3s anymore? I don't think they are. I mean, they're like very, very sophisticated versions of MP3s, right? Like that have... Can I give a different, a different, like a one line on what you're saying, Dave, which I've been using recently, which is like, you're always in trouble when people are telling you how sexy the infrastructure is. Yeah. That's a bad time to be in. So what you want, infrastructure is supposed to be boring, right? And so when infrastructure gets sufficiently boring, that's when you should be building on it. And yep. the reality is, is that, you know, crypto's infrastructure, we used to talk about it as like inning two, like inning one is Bitcoin, inning two is making the fucking infrastructure work, inning three is the products and the applications. Like inning two 
what is an NFT? How the, what are the things work around it? Is like a version of that, but it's also like Solana fucking works now. Like yep. there's a bunch of stuff. Like it's so boring that people are no longer like excited about it. They're just like, yeah, like there's going to be a token component that we do or like, yeah, whatever. He's like, I just plug in crypto for that. Or like I was, I was with some yep. founders who recently was talking about so nonchalantly about like some zero knowledge proof stuff. They're like, oh yeah. And then, and like, there's a way to think about it. Like people who are unsophisticated who don't know what they're talking about. They'll be like, oh yeah. And then we like plug in ZKs here and it all works. And you're like, well, that's, you just don't know what you're talking about. But in this case, the founder was talking about it because like, it just is like not even controversial anymore. It's yeah. like that's how you use this thing, and then it's done, right? Yep. Um, so it's good that in crypto infrastructure is getting boring. Yeah, no question. All right. Well, there we have it, folks. Uh, uh, I think uh, if you've got any Bitcoin, check out uh, what's happening to it right now, Solana, et cetera. And, and uh, maybe we're looking at a rosy outlook for the next uh, few months to come. We'll find out soon. Or maybe the next few days. Few days to come. Few yeah. hours. Yeah. Hey, hey, it's all possible. Um, I will play Jess's role and wrap this up. Thank you to everybody who listens. Please rate, review, and share this with all your friends out there. We love having you guys give us feedback. So please do that as well. And thanks again to our back channel. It's been very active this week. Um, We'll try to bring you guys some more of those topics and maybe even another fifth wheel guest in the near future. The fifth wheel. The fifth wheel. All right. (laughs) Signing off. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. If you enjoyed this show, please leave us a virtual high five by rating it and reviewing it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Find more information about each episode in the show notes and follow us on social media by searching for at more or less, at Dave Morin, at Lesson, at J Lesson, and as for me, I'm at Brit. See you guys next time.